The first Medal of Honor was awarded in 1862 in the storied history of the highest military award for valor. Over 3,500 Americans have worn the medal. Our guest today is John Falkenberry of the Congressional Medal of Honor Society. And through the Society's outreach, education, and history initiatives, the Medal of Honor recipients continue to serve across our nation. This is a history lesson and a great conversation about service before self on Pick Up the Six podcast. John Falconberry, welcome to Pick Up the Six podcast. Right, thank you. I love the uh, the name, Pick Up the Six. You know, although as a soldier, that's got some Air Force ties to it. Okay. Well, you know, as a as a young man who grew up with a Air Force uh, officer in the household, uh, it's got some ties for us as well. And you know, what we're trying to do here is highlight stories about the men and women among us who who pick up the six, who help other people out through service before self, strength of purpose, community impact. We've been blessed to have some amazing guests on this platform so far and excited to talk to you and about just the great work you guys are doing on behalf of the Medal of Honor Society. So 3,507 Medal of Honor recipients, if I did my research, right? We're yeah. going all the way back to the Civil War. We're spanning 22 categories or military conflicts over that time. So before we get to know you a little bit about us, just tell our listeners a little bit about the history of this incredibly prestigious honor. Well, you know, it's uh, it's an honor that the living recipients, and, and unfortunately yesterday uh, we lost uh, one of the World War II recipients, uh, Mr. Charles Coolidge, uh, 99 years old, uh, was a recipient from World War II. That leaves one living World War II recipient, and that's Woody Williams out of West Virginia. And you would think Woody's about 70 years old, as spry as he is. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, throughout the history, they would gather uh, as fellow recipients. But in 1958, Congress chartered the society. So it is now the Congressional Medal of Honor Society. It's chartered to care for the recipients. It's to take care preserve the legacy to ensure that we inspire Americans, that we care for veterans and care for the recipients as they connect around the United States. So currently we have 68 living recipients. Uh, we did award uh, a new medal last year uh, to, he's still on active duty at Fort Bragg. Have to be careful about uh, security and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but we did award the, the most recent uh, for actions in the Middle East. Um, and so you've got uh, one World War II, you've got a handful of Korean War, you have a, a lot of the Vietnam era recipients, and then you have the current generation. Um, but they're all consider themselves equal. Yeah, uh, They are the most humblest people that you want to meet. Uh, every one of them will tell you that they wear the medal, not for themselves, not for what they did, but for what their buddy did to the left or right of them, or for that individual that was not recognized for any type of deed that would have warranted uh, the medal. And, and our government has seen fit that some of the wars, particularly during Vietnam, were done, as we would say, black ops. Mm -hmm. And so it took many years for those deeds to be recognized. And that's why you saw some of the Vietnam veterans receive their medal later in life. We're also a country that learns from our mistakes. And World War II, uh, we did not award to our African-American community 
or to the Asian Pacific community. And you saw also in the 70s and 80s that, that we did recognize those faults and did go back and say, these people warranted it. And so we live in a country that learns from its mistakes. And that's the, that's the uniqueness of this mm -hmm. country. I wish people would remember that, but uh, that's the way it is. Um, and, you know, we do have one woman that is a Medal of Honor recipient, and that's Dr. Mary Walker, uh, received the medal as a surgeon in Civil War. Uh, in the um, early 1900s, there was a review of the awards because uh, the military saw it as they were just handing them out for actions that really didn't warrant it. So they did a review and they took away many of the medals, but Mary Walker, stubborn New Yorker as she was, kept her medal, uh, would not give it back. Um, and in the 1970s, President Jimmy Carter uh, reinstated that medal. So she remains the only woman recipient of the Medal of Honor. Uh, so it has a storied history, mm -hmm. but since 1958, uh, the the Medal of Honor Society, Congressional Medal of Honor Society, has existed to take care of the recipients, to promote the education of America's youth, and to care for our veterans. We're going to talk more about what that means and, and all the services that are provided. Uh, your website is incredibly in-depth, and I would encourage our listeners to go check it out because there's incredible timelines and, and just the, the visual elements that are there are really neat. And one of those is about the design around the metal. So I want to talk about that, but let's get to know John Falkenberry a little bit because you're a former army man. And so sitting in the chair you do now serving this organization as your latest chapter of service before self, what does it mean to you personally to be part of this organization? Uh, it's, it's humbling. First off, I'm fortunate because I have colleagues, I have eight wonderful ladies who keep me out of trouble, but mm -hmm. they make the day-to-day -day work in this society worthwhile. I love working with them. I love that I'm working with a lot of the recipients. Many of them I knew from my time in the military or working with the USO in North Carolina, which uh, you know we had several recipients that were always taking part with us. Um, you know, in, in 2019, I uh, I came down. I met. Um, uh, they were advertising for this position. I came down and met with them, met with the staff. I drove home and I was talking to my wife and I just said, you know, dear, I love the organization, but I think we still have a lot to do with the USO of North Carolina. And I politely thanked, you know, Bob Patterson, who was uh, uh, one of the recipients and Bob, I need to withdraw my name out of the hat. So I go off to Australia on vacation and uh, I get this phone call from Bob Patterson, and he says, John, I need to talk to you. And I go, well, you kind of sort of are, Bob. He says, no, I got to talk to you face to face. So I said, well, when I get back, we'll meet. Um, and they convinced me to come over and, and be a part of this great, great organization. Uh, so in July of 2019, I came down here, left my wife up in North Carolina, both my kids are grown. One's a high school history teacher in Salisbury. The other one worked for the former Lieutenant Governor, Dan Forrest, now works for uh, the Superintendent of Education, Catherine Truitt. So they are all up there. And I came down here, started planting the seeds, and my wife formally joined me uh, late last year. So uh, it's great. I am third generation career military. Uh, grandfather was Coast Guard and Navy. My dad was Army. 
Um, he, like myself, was a Citadel graduate, so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to be here in Charleston. Uh, but I, I love the military. I did the corporate world. For those who want to be in the corporate world, more power to you. I just think that we as a nation need uh, people that will be part of nonprofit organizations, not in it for the money, but in it for the mission. Mm-hmm. And there are great nonprofits out there who need to help. Uh, we are a nonprofit, yep. and we'll get into the programs here shortly. So that's why I did it. Incredible. The website is cmohs.org. And highly encourage our listeners to go look at it just from an an educational standpoint. It's incredible. You can also support the valuable mission that they're doing there. All right. So first question about the actual metal in in doing some research and enjoying that website over this last week before knowing we were going to sit down and talk. I noticed that based on the service branch, this thing can look a little bit different. So talk to us a little bit about what it looks like and why it's different for the different branches. Well, I'm, a, I'm not going to spoil it for your listeners who can go to the website and do the icons on that, but each each is different. Um, the the Air Forces is the most most the newest of the medals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came into existence in the '60s. Prior to that, they were wearing the the Army Medal. Right. Um, uh, the Navy was the first service to authorize the medal. And the Army was the first service to actually award a medal. And they've gone over transformational changes over the years, and it now became standardized. But if you look very closely, the ribbon itself, 13 stars, obviously, for the 13 original states. It has the the symbol of of war that's in there. uh, um, But if you look very closely, you'll see that the Navy has an anchor that attaches to the medal. The medal is a little bit different. The Army um, has the eagle. Um, and the Air Force has the lightning bolts. Uh, so you can tell different, and they're sized a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But I'd encourage people to go look at the symbology of it. You know, the, the Medal of Honor can never be trademarked uh, because it is a military medal. Um, uh, it is protected by law, however. You cannot sell one of those in the continental United States. Uh, we actually have liaison with the FBI that will assist us when recipients are out in public in mass, but also track stolen honor and the medals. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it is, it's a very obviously prestigious medal. And I'm sure it's something you guys take incredibly serious there to ensure that the integrity is upheld. And it's why you today likely host these education platforms and why you're trying to ensure the future generations know what this is and remember what, these brave Americans did, you know, on episode two of pick up the six podcast, we were honored to be joined by Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Spanky Peterson. He flew Marcus Luttrell's ride out of Afghanistan. He flew the payfog that picked him up and Spanky's episode is incredible. And if you haven't listened to that one yet, please go back and listen to it. And he mentions Marcus's fallen brothers that were lost on the side of that mountain. And he mentions medal of honor recipient, Lieutenant Michael Murphy. And you talked before about you know, uh, knowing their names and, and who these men and women were and how important their stories are. So tell us just a little bit about what kind of storytelling, what kind of educating is happening outside of the society to make sure we do remember well, who they were. You know, when we talk about educating America's youth, we take that very seriously. And, and everything we do is free to educate, free to the public, particularly in this time of COVID restrictions mm-hmm. when you're doing remote learning. 
if you go to the website, you're going to have lesson plans that talk about the core values that the recipients stand for, courage, sacrifice, commitment, integrity, uh, citizenship, patriotism, fundamentals of our nation. And the recipients have done that through our character development program. To date, we've trained nearly 20,000 teachers. Those teachers go back into the classroom and they get either part of their session or an independent. And there are oftentimes that we will do a recipient, once they've had the training, a recipient will visit one of those schools. Mm -hmm. During this uh, remote learning, we've had numerous WebExes with recipients, dialoguing with the students. It's important. They hold that very dear. The other thing that we're very keen on doing is our veterans outreach. They talk to their fellow veterans, not as clinicians, but as an individual who has been in the same foxhole, suffered the same horrors of conflict, and have the same demons that are approaching them, whether it's PTS, whether it's suicide, whether it's marriage, whether it's drugs, and talking peer to peer to get them help. We do that in a fireside chat. We've done it remotely. We talk to cadets at the service academies, uh, to ROT, Air Force ROT training down at Maxwell Air Force mm -hmm. Base. All that is free to American people, but we can only deliver it if corporations and individuals understand who we are. The challenge that we have is since the Medal of Honor is not trademarked, mm -hmm. anyone can say Medal of Honor. Uh, we track that. We make sure that they're using it appropriately. For example, here in Charleston, we have the National Medal of Honor Leadership and Education Center that is launching. Uh, to do leadership and education training. In Arlington, Texas, they have the National Medal of Honor Museum. We work with those to make sure that they're, they're doing great, but we're very clear that, that we are the, lack of a better word, the umbrella organization mm -hmm. that's going to monitor all this. Um, our goal is to get that word out. Uh, working with you, that helps us do that. We need to get the word out about our programs. Uh, we honor normal American citizens through our Citizens Honors Program. And that's done, Americans nominate people for valor and for service. And we'll do the Valor Award traditionally in conjunction with Medal of Honor Day in DC. Uh, this year we couldn't do it, so we're doing it in the fall. But we do the Service Award here in Charleston. All nominated, but the recipients themselves select those honorees. And we're gonna have, but when we do that, when we bring those honorees here, our recipients are going out into the community to do their veterans outreach, to do their character development training. So that's embedded in the recipients. It's incredible. There, there's so many great examples of, of people just ultimately doing that thing where they, they put other people before themselves. And, and whether it's these military heroes that you're talking about, the, the civilian heroes that you're talking about that do it as well, it's, it's great that you guys are there. The website again, CMOHS, Congressional Medal Honor of Honor Society.org, CMOHS.org. All the curriculums on there, all those things that John's talking about is available. So if you're listening, if you're a teacher, if you're an administrator, if you've got family uh, that's in education, there's some great tools that are available for you as well. Or I would care to guess, even if you want to bring some of that into your own home to educate your children more on what's happening and who these brave Americans are. That's yeah, we have living history videos on there. We've captured over 130 living histories. Uh, many of them are no longer with us, so we're able to capture them at that time. Remarkable stories that yeah. they will tell. You can download them, watch those. 
you can request a recipient if you're a nonprofit. Let's say you're Hope for the Warriors and you have a, a major event and you want a recipient to come talk about this, you can request that and we can get them out there to see you. Uh, you just go online and, and do that. So uh, uh, we've really invested a lot of time into that website. Uh, it launched uh, June, July of last year. Uh, we're very proud of that. Well, we're going to see if we can't coordinate our efforts a little bit and maybe welcome a few recipients on our airwaves to share their amazing stories. I mentioned Lieutenant Michael Murphy, you know, one of potentially maybe the more famous Medal of Honor recipients because so many people know the Red Wings story and that amazing act of valor where he stands at the top of that hill, calls in for support for his friends. And his last words, I believe, are thank you. Thank you when he makes that call. Do you have any other ones you want to share this? I mean, you mentioned yeah, well, I mean, a strong woman. Of them, was you know, you have, some of them you have to keep in the wire, but I was talking to the staff today and one of them that really struck me was, was years ago, a recipient, uh, John Finn from World War II, uh, great guy, uh, was at a, a convention. Um, he decided he needed to wash his ribbon. It was dirty. So we washed the ribbon and he hung it on the outside of his door. Well, one of the FBI guys that was there saw that and he stood there all night making sure nobody stole that wow. until Mr. Finn was able to get that back. Um, you know, um, we lost a, a great warrior last year uh, in Benny Atkins, Special Forces. And, and if you go to our website, he has a book. You can look at the book. But they talk about a tiger. And he was on a fire base being overrun by North Vietnamese. Uh, they were able to extract themselves and were moving through the jungle, but were surrounded by North Vietnamese. And during the night, they all disappeared. And he didn't know why. And if you read the story, it's because there was a huge tiger that was there who had the tendency of eating people. Whoa. And that's kind of what saved his life. So you hear these stories, and it's not about them. It's about the people that they were with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, some of these current recipients, one of them there in North Carolina, two of them that I love in North Carolina, uh, Kyle White lives in the Charlotte area, and, and then Colonel Joe Marm. Uh, Colonel Marm had, was a supporter of the USO, and I always, I always chuckle because you always salute him when you see a recipient. And uh, I was just a lieutenant colonel. He was a full colonel, but he always says, hello, sir. And he salutes me back. Hello, sir. Salute me back. A true gentleman uh, that you see them there. Mm -hmm. And then Bob Patterson, who I love, is an avid golfer. And Bob came to one of our events uh, in the Charlotte area and, and helped us raise some money. And we had some custom golf bags, uh, made one custom golf bag that was going like hotcakes. And he told the auctioneer, if you make another one, we'll sign that one too. Mm -hmm. And so they're just, they're great guys. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to explain unless you're inside the wire, yep. uh, what these men did for this nation. Uh, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, you know, current conflict, remarkable men. You know, across my journeys, obviously I've had the chance to sit with many, uh, a service member, uh, you know, and through um, interactions with my father and, you know, 
some of his friends along the way and, and heard stories. Count myself very blessed to have served an organization that served Gold Star families uh, for a few years when we moved back to the Washington, D.C. area. And the same thing, to be able to sit with those families and to hear them just talk about their loved ones. And even just to share stories about who they were, the things they like to do outside of even their military service. It, there's just so much incredible pride in that. And, and I count myself fortunate to hear those moments. I can hear it in your voice too, just to be able to sit with those guys and just, just to talk to them. And, and John, you know, they don't make them like that anymore. And no. your point about no, the, the, I, we're losing them too. We are. Uh, and Mr. Coolidge, Mark, well, man, he, uh, he set up the, the Coolidge Medal of Honor Museum in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, we were honored even in the midst of COVID last year to be there recipients attended it. The recipients care, they doesn't matter what generation they are, they, they care for one another like brothers, they are brothers. Um, I'm, I'm honored just to be on the on the perimeter of this thing uh, and see them and to, to talk with them. And, you know, I, I, I get to talk to some of the recipients who share with me some of their demons, some of the younger recipients, you know, in the current conflict. And, and I feel honored that they, allow me to do that. But when you talk to them, it's about educating. It's about connecting. It's about inspiring. It's about preserving. We have the official archives here on board the USS Yorktown. And there is also a Medal of Honor Museum here that goes through the generations. But the archives is the essential part of preserving that legacy. And we have a, an archivist that's here on staff. Uh, we look to get, we have medals. Uh, from different generations. Uh, we actually have phony medals, medals that were uh, cut, unauthorized cut many years ago and trying to be sold on the open market. Wow. Those get scarfed up and they come to us. So it's really a treasure trove here. It's incredible work that you're doing. It's the Congressional Medal of Honor Society. John, we could probably talk for hours and share stories, but we won't do that today. Let's do it again. Absolutely. I, Let's I do it thinking, again. And Well, and look, um, we have to get the word out about the society, mm -hmm. about the impact that our recipients are having across the nation through their programs, the character development programs, uh, the, the veterans programs that we have here, because that's the, eventually we may not have the ability to get any of the recipients out. The, their goal is never to have any more medals awarded, mm -hmm. which means there are no more wars. But that legacy of them through their programs is essential. And we need the help of normal Americans to support this going on. If you know corporations that want to get involved with us, who better to get involved with than America's finest? That's That's right. the, that is the Congressional Medal of Honor Society and our Medal of Honor recipients. The website is cmohs.org. Pick up the six listeners, go to that website, check out the incredible resource they have, study, learn about these American heroes and support their organization in the amazing work that they do. John, we're so thankful for you joining us. Today. Well, remember, May is Military Appreciation Month, Memorial Day. So let's do something in May. Um, I can probably talk to one of the recipients and say, hey, this is, this is I hate to use this word, a benign interview. It's mm -hmm. all about the society and what right. you do. That's exactly right. We're going to do that, John. That's going to happen. And our listeners will absolutely love it. Thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure. Bye-bye. He's John Falkenberry. I'm Brian Jodis. This has been Pick Up the Six Podcast.